wanted in overtime, I think you're going to get one. And we are headed to overtime. And we are through four in 60 minutes. Not enough. Oh, my God, we're going to overtime. Let's fire it up. This is Overtime here on the official Colts podcast channel and also on YouTube with J.J. Stangovitz, Casey Vallier, I'm Matt Taylor. We bring you Overtime when things happen, when stuff happens, not on a Tuesday when we do the official Colts podcast, not on a Friday here in the offseason when we do the last word, our weekly offseason radio show. But this is Thursday, and we got some juicy stuff to talk about. So we are here with you, as always, to talk about Anthony Richardson, And, of course, Chris Ballard, general manager of the Colts, having their end-of-the-season press conferences. So a lot to get into. Fellas, first off, how are we? Case, We're doing doing good. How about you guys? I mean, it's one of those things, the off-season hits, yet I still see you guys every day. (laughs) Yeah, right, what (laughs) off-season? What off-season, I mean, seriously. (laughs) I still have to walk into the same office and see these guys like, oh, great. You know, I thought there'd be, you know, all these beautiful, you know, sunshine and beaches, and now here we are. Did you you catch something? 12 degrees outside here in Indy. Chris Ballard, Chris Ballard, (laughs) today it's a lot of spite over there he's like <laughs> that's all right some chris, chris mentioned today is like he's like shane hasn't really taken time off in the last oh in a year and a half yeah probably the guy, guy went from being in the super bowl to getting on a plane to indy to get hired as head coach you know he maybe took a week or two off in the summer but even then i'm sure his mind is still racing of like how does yeah. training camp look how does all these things look so for shane steichen congratulations yeah. you've earned yourself a little bit of time off here yeah. but for us We'll get there someday. Yeah, we got the yeah. we got the playoffs going on right now. Yeah. Obviously, the Colts unfortunately missing insane out on that. coaching changes all yes, over the league. Yeah, well, we you're got, not kidding. Well, Belichick and the <laughs> Patriots mutually parting ways. We got a change in Tennessee within the division with Mike Vrabel. So a lot of juice going on, and we're just what three or four days. We got to get into uh, the off season. We got to get Rick Venturi on the pod next week to talk about Nick Saban and Bill Belichick both being. Stepping down, being Both out. riding around on golf carts. I texted, <laughs> I texted Rick last night being like, you know, wow, so I can't what? believe Saban's out. And he floated the idea of Nick Saban being the college football czar, kind of the commissioner. Clean up the whole act. Oh, That'd be great. I love it. Clean up this whole NIL nonsense. <laughs> I mean. If there's one guy that could do it, that would be able to. That he would knows be Nick the ins and outs of, out of the game. Into perspective Anyways, there. that's not why people are tuning in here. But I did want to drop that one in because that one made me perk up a little bit. Oh, love that idea. Absolutely. All right, well, let's start with Anthony Richardson. I mean, first of all, we should disclose that these full press conferences, Anthony Richardson, Chris Ballard, both of those press conferences in full, you can check those out on demand on your own time. Uh, I think Chris talked for like, what, 55 55 minutes? And then uh, Richardson spoke for almost 25 minutes. So check those out on Colts.com and the, uh, the Colts mobile app. But JJ, obviously, you know, one of the big things that came up from Anthony is playing in only four games, playing in only, what, he had 173 snaps for the season, really made it through healthy just one game this year. That Mm -hmm. was the Rams game when he played a full four quarters. It's playing style, right? Yeah. And and how do you have to change your approach? Do you have to change your instincts on how you play? Before we get into our reaction, let's throw to a soundbite. This is Anthony Richardson earlier today on whether or not he has to change his playing style in 2024 going into year number two. No, I don't think so. You know, uh, it's just a matter of me just just being out there and just learning when to get down, when not to get down. You know, some of the injuries were unfortunate, you know, like my ankle getting stepped up on, uh, hitting my knee on the turf really hard, you know, just stuff like that, you know, stuff that I can't control. Uh, but the ones that I can't control, you know, I got to prevent those, you know, like me slowing up uh, near the end zone, getting the concussion, you know, that was completely on me. And then, you know, uh, getting tackled, you know, I couldn't really prevent that. You know, I was trying to brace myself for it. 
and just unfortunately my shoulder just you know did what it did. But I don't think I have to change the way I play. You know, just being a little smarter when the time does come. Does that say they will change the way you play? Uh, will, will any part of you maybe be any more hesitant to, in certain situations, or you think you'll still have the same? No, nah, I feel like I'm I'm a stay the same, you know. Keep being me, keep playing the way I'm playing, you know. But like I said, just being a little smarter when, when the time is needed, you know. I can't try to run through everybody, you know. If, it, if it's first and ten, you know, get what I can get and get down, you know, get out of bounds, get to the sideline, do what I can do. But if the game is on the line, you know, I, I got to go out there and compete, you know. But it's just a matter of being smart for myself and the team, and you know, I'm trying to I'm gonna try to do that for sure. You heard it right there. I mean, Anthony Richardson knows how important he is to the success of this team and the overall you know, dynamic ability of this offense. I, I love what he said, that it's not going to change the way I, I, that I play the game. My instincts are still going to be there, but I have to be better in terms of situational awareness, right? If it's mm-hmm. first and 10 right. and I we call an RPO and I end up with the football on my hands and I get six yards, it's okay to slide. It's okay to give myself up. But if the game's on the line, the Colts drafted Anthony Richardson for a reason, and that's to be a playmaker, to be dynamic. And if he needs to run through a linebacker on third and short or get in the end zone in the fourth quarter, he's going to continue to do that. So I, I love that answer because he's aware of what this season was for him. It was a learning experience, but going forward, he knows that he's got to stay healthy, available, and time and place to kind of put it on the line. Yeah, and once you start talking about should he change the style of his game, you talk, you talk about changing what makes him great yeah. and the player. And, and that's something he talked about later in his press conference too is the Colts brought me here. I got here because of who I am as a player, because I'm a bigger guy as a quarterback who can run and make explosive plays through the air and with his legs. And if you start saying, all right, we need to change this, we need to change that about your game, you can't run as much, you need to get down as much as you can, then you do change who he is, and that might not be a net positive for his game. I think the maturity with which he handled that question and the answer, it's clear he's done a lot of introspection. He's very self-actualized about it. I'm going to get into that here in a little bit. But the other part of it, too, is like situationally, yeah, okay, Five-yard gain on first down, that's great. Let's keep the you know keep it moving, and you don't need to do anything else right. beyond that, kind of like you were saying. I know everybody's all about comparing. When you look at the game that Anthony Richardson is, and you know a lot of people have drawn that comparison to kind of Jalen Hurts. And if you watch the way that Jalen Hurts plays, I wouldn't think that from the way his rookie year, well, I guess the first time he started playing in Philly to where he is now, I wouldn't say he's changed his game, but he has definitely kind of gotten that mental, yeah. hey, this is kind of the, the pick your spots yeah. in a way. And I think that's what it is. And, and I think Chris talked about it today. Like he's got to get out there and learn these situations. He's got to get out there and, and, and kind of see this in real time that this is a different level. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not all downplaying where he came from because, I mean, Florida, it's not it's not a non-Power 5 school. I mean, he's playing against a lot of guys that are playing on Sundays every single week when he was playing in college, but this is a, at a much higher level than he's ever anticipated. So it is a different vibe that he's got to get in, you know, he's yeah. got to get that mental makeup going. But that that's also speaks to him taking responsibility for the concussion right. he had against Houston, right. where he slowed up going into the yeah. end zone. And I think he knows where those areas exactly. are. Right. Like he's that's able clear, to identify that. That's a clear learning thing where yeah. in college he could have eased up and made it into the end zone and no one's getting to him. In the <laughs> NFL, he's getting rocked right. on yeah. that play. And I yeah. think a part of it too, I think what we're all kind of bouncing around is that I wouldn't say that the way he played was reckless. 
Yes, hundred so percent. I would not for me say to that. Say he needs to change his playing style because it's not like it was. I mean, ultimately, all of those injuries that happen, yeah. they can happen to anybody. They're, well, yeah, the, the play that he got hurt the on play wasn't, that he got him hurt being wasn't anything yeah. crazy. I mean, it was just a tackle that just happened to you know land on his shoulder. But maybe way. that's one where. If he slides right. and, and says, and "I'll just take you know no right. no gain on the play," yeah, would happen in your own territory, right? right you know right. that that might be a situation where okay, maybe that's something you know an area of growth for him. But um, yeah, once you start talking about again, once you start talking about, don't run it as much. You know, slide down and you know just get down. Whatever those things are, yeah. no matter the situation. That's when you start talking about taking away what makes him a yeah, such then, an exciting football then player. You just should have drafted Joe Blow. Exactly you know right. I mean? Yeah, draft a pocket passer. Mm-hmm. You know, if that's the guy you're looking for. And, and real quick, I think also you don't want to get somebody thinking too much about that. Yes, as well. and that's like, that's a great. Ultimately, point. you're like, oh, do I need to slide? Do I need? And then all you're 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 forgetting about what you're doing. And I think that's yeah. part of it too. Is you draft this guy as we've talked about. You draft this guy for a reason. You don't want him out there thinking about multiple things instead of just hey. Go be a quarterback. Go be you, and, that, and that's this, it, too. This is something, too. It's, it's not going to happen a lot during a game. There aren't going to be, out of 70 offensive snaps, right. you might have one or two during a game where you say, eh, maybe get down here. Mm-hmm. The rest right. of them, go, go be who you are. Be Anthony Richardson, and that is going to be what this team needs. Right. I think we've all said this. I mean, it just seems like this past season, right, the year that just concluded, it seemed like it was – so quick, but yet so long. It seemed like there were like three different seasons <laughs> yeah. along the way because you had the ramp up to the start of the year and the excitement of Anthony Richardson, a rookie quarterback, and what is he going to be? What are we going to do? What are the expectations? What's the ceiling? And then he starts playing, and the first four games of the season are really fun. I mean, just on the edge of your seat. And then the last 13 games and the highs and lows and the ups and downs and trying to make the playoffs and the scoreboard watching with with uh, with Gardner Minshew, so it just was a, a very interesting, and you know there were a lot of chapters of this 2023 yeah. campaign that just wrapped up. So thinking back to when Anthony Richardson went out, that seems like forever ago. Yeah, but it was right. really yeah. what mid October, yeah. week five after the Colts' first meeting against the Tennessee Titans. Want to throw it to another soundbite with all of that in mind? Here's Anthony Richardson on maybe it was a blessing to kind of slow down a little bit, think about the game from a bigger picture understand the why of playing quarterback having some time to reflect and watch and get the mental side of the game down uh, not being on the field you know uh, I've always thought you know life wasn't all about me you know uh, at the end of the day you know uh, it's, it's a matter of who you impact you know and the impact that you have on people you know and I always try to you know take that to heart every day I wake up but uh, when I did get injured you know I did try to look at the bright side immediately you know, and, and I kind of gave myself an answer. You know, I told myself, you know, this, you know, this happened for a reason, and maybe I did need to slow down and, and actually learn some more things before it was my time to be out there. But you know, after I told myself that, it started getting a little fuzzy for me. You know, it was a little difficult for me to see that picture again. You know, uh, so those first maybe like five or five or six weeks were definitely tough for me. But after talking to Coach Shane, you know, talking to DT. You know, and letting them know how I felt. You know, I was I was hurt. You know, not being able to play football. You know, not being able to go out there with my teammates and and dress up and just just be out there. You know, I was definitely hurt because you know football was like I said was pretty much all I knew growing up. And with that like being taken away from me, you know, it definitely hurt me. And you know, after talking to them, you know, they let me know it's it's all a part of the journey. You know, this is just not just something else I can write in my book and you know talk about when I when I get a little older. 
but you know, just seeing the bigger picture, you know, just trying to find ways to help other people while I'm down, you know, that that was the main thing that that kind of helped me, you know, understanding my role in the building when I did get hurt, you know, be a leader and just be there for the team and just bring the energy, you know. So just trying to find ways to just help. You know, that's what kind of helped me realize what was going on. Really good soundbite again right there from Anthony Richardson, trying to understand how to be a leader, trying to find value within this team, Casey. And I think he said it very, very well right there, to be able to kind of look at a defense instead of just saying, here's where I'm supposed to go with the football because that's where they tell me to go, understanding why I'm supposed to go there. And I think just having time to kind of hit the pause button and really reflect and, 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 again, master the mental side of the game um, and slow down after all the chaos of being drafted fourth overall and then the expectations that come with being the face of a franchise, both on the field, from the marketing side of things. Yeah. I think it was good for him to kind of just slow down and just focus on himself and focus on football, too, in terms of the mental mastery of the game. Yeah, I mean, it, you, we all forget that – well, maybe we don't forget it, but you do almost – in some ways forget the fact that he is 21 years old and you talk about being the face of a franchise being thrown at a new situation i mean this guy's essentially been in gainesville his whole life i mean that's where he was born and raised so he comes to i mean all of it is new and then you throw in the fact that here you're doing this you're doing so i agree the pause button is, is a great term for it and ultimately everybody he had in his court whether it's Gardner Minshew, you know, watching him see how he steadied the ship, watching those peaks and valleys, because, yeah, he wasn't going through it. But if you watch Anthony, I mean, he's dialed in. That was that was one of the things you heard from the entire locker room throughout is that, yeah, he's here. He's in every meeting. He's still got his iPad. He's asking questions. So he was doing everything that he possibly could. And I think that is so key because one of the things we talked about before the season is how important is it for him to take as many reps as possible? Well, Clearly, he didn't take those physical reps, but those mental reps definitely do pay dividends. And, and I think part of it, it might be a, a benefit moving forward that he has seen it from a different aspect and now throwing him back out there, it might be a different vibe. Yeah. You know what I liked about that answer, though, is that he admitted that that was kind of his reflexive mindset. OK, let's make this a good thing. Let's yeah. figure out how to make this a good thing. And then it was hard. It was hard on him. He said those next five months, weeks, yeah, right. Yeah. You know where he's he goes out to L.A. to get surgery. He comes back. The team goes to Germany. Then it's the bye week, and you know he was probably feeling a little disconnected. Oh yeah, and that that stretch had to be really mentally taxing on him. And it's something Michael Pittman Jr. mentioned on Monday that the other part of it is. While he was out, he's watching C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, his yeah. peers in this year's draft, go out and play every single week. He's watching yeah. C.J. Stroud set, you know, set the league on fire yeah. through, through the way that he's throwing the ball. And that had to be hard on him. But once he kind of got those, he worked through those emotions and he talked to Shane Steichen, he talked to David Thornton a lot. Then he really, then you started to see, something, like something Sam Ellinger told me in the locker room on Mondays, you started to see his personality come back. And something I noticed... And uh, the, I sort of noticed this, actually. I'm not going to take total credit for this, but I noticed it when I was kind of like going through pictures of him for some stories. But then Connor Handel, one of our uh, creative video producers here on our production team, pointed this out to me. Did you notice that before every game, during the anthem, Anthony Richardson was right next to Shane Steichen? There is something to me symbolic about that. Mm-hmm. That even if he's not going out there and playing, that he wanted to feel what it was like yeah. in those moments. Feel like... Hey, it's it's me and coach right here. Feel the yeah. the atmosphere, the energy, the pregame nerves, w- whatever it may be. 
And that you know, Chris Ballard said he talked to Anthony before right. the uh, the game against the Texans, saying like, "Hey, feel feel this. Remember how this feels. Yeah, Remember what it it's like. Soak it all in. Yeah. Remember the atmosphere. Remember." how the team that makes the fewest mistakes of wins this game, the, right, the margin for error. Mm-hmm. And all those things, I think, kind of compile themselves into this, this, this general thought I have about Anthony. And it goes back to something you said, Casey, about how he's 21. You're, and we're always like, wow, you know, he's so mature for his age. He, he's, he's got this mindset. But to me, it's the self-actualization that he has about himself as a person, as a player, as a teammate, as a brother, as a son, whatever it may be. I, you know, and it's always the whole like, oh, back when I was 21, uh, you know, I wasn't that mature and all that. Back when I was 21, I was not self-actualized about myself <laughs> at all. I don't even know what that meant. Yeah. Right. I don't even know what that meant. <laughs> well, what was I doing? Like, what, what are you doing at 21? Yeah, you're not I might thinking, not know what it means now, to be honest. You're not thinking about, you're not really thinking about the impact you have on other people. I was thinking about where to get gas. Exactly. Or, you know, <laughs> something else yeah. in my body, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, as a 21-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Anthony, just when he talks about the impact he has on other people. Sure. And you think about then him signing autographs before every game, taking pictures, like he gets it. He gets that part of it, but he also does it with this humbleness that something Chris Ballard said is he wants to be one of the guys. He wants to be one of 53 on the team. And just like that whole mentality for him served him so well. I think it served him really well in this season where he, he admitted this was hard. This wasn't like flipping a switch to just let's be positive. Everything's rosy. Yeah. You know, oh, all right, I'm out for the year, but I'll learn behind the scenes. It was like, that sucked. And I had to work through how to actually make it into a positive. Yeah. Just what a, what a remarkable person Anthony Richardson is. And that doesn't even have anything to do with the talent he has at quarterback, which is yeah, immense. immense. There you go. And just uh, before we move on to Chris Ballard, just some housekeeping items. We do know, I mean, we, we heard from from Anthony a couple of weeks ago during the um, the Christmas season mm-hmm. um, when a couple of Colts players showed up at the uh, at the hospital to, to sing to the, the children's there, the children, I should say, in the children's hospital. We found out then that he was, at that point, halfway through his rehab. So yep. that's a couple of weeks ago removed. So he's... Uh, you know, on the back nine in terms of that. When, when do we expect him to maybe throw again? He and obviously, it won't be. It'll be behind the scenes, but right. He said he doesn't have a firm timeline, but it it sounded like next month. You know, through this whole thing, no one's ever put a timeline on when he's going to be back. But if you listen to what everyone said, there's been encouragement that it could be for OTAs, if not for OTAs for training camp, that he would be back yeah. throwing. I mean, it it wasn't even a given he was going to have the surgery. That's another thing he talked right. about that. This was a difficult decision to work through to get the surgery, but once he realized this is what is best for my career for the Colts long term, then it was, you know, that's what he told Lara Overton yesterday. It's an easy decision. All right, question for both of you, then we'll move on. With with Richardson not playing a majority of the season, right? Only appearing in four games and getting through completely through one. Casey, in, in what ways do you think next season will still kind of be a rookie season? For Anthony Richardson maybe not like mistake like I'm not asking you like man he's going to struggle with this and we're, we're still waiting to see how he progresses in terms of this part of his game I just mean like in what mental parts of playing quarterback do you still think he's got a ways to go just because the only way you truly grow and learn and stack is by just having experiences on the field. I don't. I don't want this to come off as a negative at all. But I think ultimately, just finishing games, like start a game and finish it all the way through, I think that is going to be a big step because you talk about. It. I mean, you finished one game, mm-hmm. played in four. 
Now, football's a long season. I mean, there's 17 games, so when you think about it, that's a lot that he missed. So I think ultimately that's where I am with everything. Like, we talked about it, how it seemed like forever ago. I almost forgot. I mean, I didn't forget, but you almost forget what it was having him as the quarterback. And, and that's mm-hmm. – I remember how fun it was. I, I, do, I do remember that. I mean, he was electric, and I'm anxious to, you know, get that feeling back, especially in Lucas Oil. There's nothing better than having – you know, one of those one of those types of players, and like you know, Rick Venturi talks about the Ambien players. He's probably more than an Ambien because yeah. I mean, he can yeah. do so much. So he can throw an aspirin tablet yeah, I mean, too. You can do all of it. Throw it all in there. <laughs> the, whole, the whole medicine, but, you know, the whole CVS department, everybody, everything in there. But ultimately, I think that's what it is. It's just in his mind, getting through a full game going into the next week, preparing, getting through another full game. I think once you, you know, you break it down into like quarters. So get like a quarter in. You've got four complete games in, and then, right. then you kind of look back and go, okay, what did that four look like? Yeah, so I how think, to take care of your body. Yeah, how do you, how do you do, go through all of that? I mean, you, you hear a bunch of guys talking about, like I know Jonathan Taylor, one of his big things, it's not the rehab, it's the prehab, making sure that you're prepared before. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. that when, so all of that into it that is where I think you're going to see that that rookiness is just getting through games and I know that's very basic but that's kind of where I am so where where I fall on that is if you look at when he did play the Colts were an explosive offense Chris Ballard mentioned it their 10th and explosive play rate but he didn't push the ball downfield a whole lot you saw some throws you know the the one to Alec where he's got Aaron Donald wrapped up around him the one to Josh Downs Uh, but if you look at just like average depth of target, him and Gardner were kind of right right there when they played. But that's an area of Anthony's game that we have seen on film when he's been at Florida that he wants to do, and he can do it. We didn't see it yet. I think that's an area that it, had he played the whole rookie season, you would have seen that grow yeah. incrementally as the yeah. season went on. And that's an area that maybe next year, maybe it won't be an immediate thing, but you'll see hopefully a development curve is he, if he can finish those games, you'll sure. see from week one to week eight to week 15 to week 18 that he's, he's more confident in pushing the ball downfield, that he knows when to take those shots, how to take those shots, because um, that's an area of this Colts offense that they do need to be more explosive. And a way to help everything with explosiveness is you just you have to be able to respect the deep ball. That's going to help Jonathan Taylor out. That's going to help him out when he, he takes the ball off in his hands. Sure, Jay, no I think, I mean, you were there. I know for me, there was the totally took my breath away. The moment inside, I think it was raining at camp and, and Anthony threw that pass the one to, to Alec, to Alec which, I mean, he was off his left foot, right foot in the air. It didn't even look like he, he just flicked his wrist and it went 60 yards. And that's when we all were like, this guy, this yep. guy's got something. I was different. one of those. You kind of stand up straight on that one, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, okay. I was, I was standing next to Bill Brooks, and he just looked at me and was like, "Did that really just happen?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "I think Bill's ready to come out of retirement." <laughs> I, yeah, that's right. I remember, I remember looking at Bill after that and being like, "Bill, where's your helmet and shoulder yeah, pads, so, buddy?" Yeah. So I agree. We saw it on tape in Florida. We we saw it in camp, but yeah, we're we're definitely ready to see that in the game for yeah. sure. Good stuff on Anthony Richardson again. Pull up that entire press conference at your uh, on your time on demand again. Colts.com and the 
Colts mobile app. Elsewhere, Chris Ballard met with the media today again for just about an hour, had a lot to talk about. We'll break down the juicy stuff. But again, the, the first thing I want to lead off with in terms of the soundbite here, Chris Ballard talked about the defense. Gus Bradley is returning for 2024 under contract. He's going to oversee this defense again next season. But here's Chris talking about his evaluation of the Colts defense this past season and his objectives for that unit going into the offseason. Look, in a little bit of defense, um, you know, the year before he comes in and, you know, we kind of had a, I don't want to say a veteran team, but we had some veteran players. And then we, I just said, look, we're going to go young in some spots. And we went young in the secondary. And look, there were some, there were some rough moments at times in the secondary. And I don't completely put that on, on them. I put that more on, on me. Um, but, you know, how do you, how do you ever develop any continuity with, especially with your own guys, if you don't just play them? So I decided to go young. We took our lumps, took our lumps at times, but I think it's going to pay off down the line for them. I think we had five or six new starters on defense. Um, we did do some good things now. It's not like it was all bad. The points do got to come down. Um, we've had, we'll continue to have long discussions about, you know, where we're going and, and how we'll get that done. Um, but saying that, we had, a lot, we had new starters on defense. We did do some good things, too. Um, you know, we got after the passer pretty good. I think it's got to get a little better, but 51 sacks, pretty good. Took the ball away. We wouldn't need to be a little better there in that area. Um, and we've got to take away the explosives. But I would expect to see us take another jump here this year on defense. Yeah, that's Chris Ballard on the defense. Pretty simple right there. There's a lot of, you know, I call them Pro Bowl caliber players. There's Pro Bowl players and Pro Bowl caliber players on this defense this past season. Now, some of them are free agents. You got Julian Blackman. You got Kenny Moore. You know, you lost Shaquille Leonard uh, during the course of the season. He got waived. The truth of the matter is that, you know, it's the point total, right? You finished yep. 28th in points. You gave up over 24 points per game. And then the big plays. The Colts, I think, uh, they were like 21st in total big plays mm-hmm. allowed. So, I mean, obviously it's kind of middle of the pack, but, you know, that's where this defense, I think, can improve going forward next season. It starts with a secondary. It was young and it was kind of young by design yeah. there from the admission of Chris Ballard. Yeah, I think that that was a big point that he made is that we, we intentionally went young. And he said, you know, we're, we're going to take our lumps. But the Colts feel encouraged by some of those young players now going into 2024, specifically at corner. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the play of Jalen Jones, yeah. you know, continued to ascend throughout the season. Juju Brents, he talked about when Juju was on the field, you could see the traits there. You could see the competitiveness. Juju's got to be healthier. That's something he talked about, too. He's got to practice more. He's got to play more. Um, but those two guys and, and someone he mentioned he threw in there, too, is young corners, Dallas Flowers. Yeah. Guy who was an ascending player when he got injured in week four. That that opened the door for Jalen Jones, who, you know, I thought had a, a pretty solid season in there. But it was a young defensive backroom. The only two guys who had played more than three years in the NFL, um, you know, until Ronnie Harrison got moved back to sure. safety, were just Kenny Moore and Julian Blackman. That's it, yeah. And the, again, that was by design. I think the, the, the experience that a lot of those guys had in 23 will benefit them in 24, especially again at that cornerback position. Well, that's a great segue. I was going to ask you. I mean, it's, it stinks right now. Someone just asked me, like, if you were able to draw up the Achilles heel of this Colts team from this past season, it was probably the secondary, considering how many elite receivers or the opposition's top receivers having big games against the Colts. But how much better off 
are the Colts going to be because of the baptism by fire from Juju Brents when he was healthy? And by the way, Chris was really adamant about guys, not just Juju, but guys across the board. The only way you're going to get better right. mm-hmm. is by playing. And injuries happen, right? This is the NFL. Everybody gets hurt. The The injury rate across the board in this league is 100%. Yeah. But you, you got to mitigate them as best you can, which which means you have to you know be in tip-top, great condition. Um, you have, have great nutrition, all that stuff. You have to have great habits to be available. The best ability is availability. But – with Jalen Jones when he played and with Juju Brents when he played Casey, how much better off for the Colts in the long term given just how many overall snaps these guys played this past uh, season? I, I mean, that that is, for me, was the most – the most I took from the season was the youth got a lot of playing time, especially in the secondary. You could never have it – you could never have enough corners. Like mm-hmm. – I will I will stand on that hill until I because you talk about injuries you talk you lose a step at corner you, you're gone so you can never have enough corners and when you talk about guys like Jalen Jones who you know he's a seventh round pick nothing's guaranteed and he just kept proving that hey I deserve to be I deserve a shot here or I mean ultimately he beat out the fifth round pick and Darius Rush that's why he was on this team they talked about that when the when the roster cuts happened and then you see him just continue to chip away and then Dallas Flowers goes down and he steps in and I would say for the most part you might have saw more out of Jalen Jones maybe than you saw out of Juju I thought because well, he played he played a lot more and yeah. and I think you saw that real that growth now both of them, I'm sure if you look at their tape, there's some ups and there's some downs, and you want to have a lot more ups, but definitely a positive thing. You talked about Dallas Flowers. I mean, you look at just those, those three guys. We don't know what's going to happen in free agency with Kenny Moore. We know this staff is, you know, the nickel position inside this defense is so key, and Kenny Moore is still elite. I mean, he had, I think he had a great resurgence here in 23, definitely reestablished himself as, sure. as one of those best corners. So you bring back Kenny. And that group of corners, and Daryl Baker, I mean, look at the amount of snaps that he got, too. Yeah. That is four corners who have played a substantial amount of, of snaps Serviceable. for this defense, which yeah. is going to be key moving forward because when it comes down to things, sometimes experience, it just it just matters more. And that's what these guys have earned a lot of yeah. this, this year. We'll, we'll see what kind of shakes out over the next couple of months. But I, I do think you'll see Chris – Chris Ballard adds some, you know, he said, we're going to add some juice to that group, some fuel to that group yeah. for some competition. Like baseline, you need more competition there. Right. And that goes for safety, that goes for corner. Does that include re-signing Kenny Moore the second and Julian Blackman? We'll see. Yeah. Right. You know, like, like Ballard said, you'd love to bring everyone back, but that's not the reality of it. Um, so, you know, we'll kind of see where those things go over the next couple of weeks and months. Safety is the interesting spot for me in that, do you need more experience back there, whether you sign Julian or not? You know, Chris talked about, you know, Ronnie Thomas had some good moments, Nick Cross had some good moments, but there were some growing pains for both more those guys. You needed more consistency from there. free safety. So that, yeah. that's a position where you kind of need that guy to be, you know, your backstop, free safety. Right. And you can't have Nico Collins running free when there's no safety help on that you know on that play right. to open the game First against the Texans the like yeah. you can't have that so what what does that lead to 
over the next couple of months in free agency sure. and the draft. All right, one other highlight from Chris Ballard. I mean, obviously, this time of year, when you go into the the business side of the NFL, when we're only a couple of months removed from the start of free agency, whenever a, a general manager speaks, it's all about free agency approach <laughs> and the Colts having spending money. How are you going to use it? How are you going to spend it? Here's Chris Ballard talking about his free agency approach, specifically how it uh, is kind of tailored to this offseason because the Colts were 9-8. and eight. They had a winning record. And by all accounts from the national media, the Colts are ahead of schedule, right? Maybe surprise some people with their winning record this year despite missing the playoffs. All that coupled with having a quarterback on a rookie contract and having some money to spend elsewhere, maybe at some other positions. Here's what Chris Ballard had to say in terms of free agency approach. No, I think we got more flexibility right now than we've had the last few years. Um, a little bit of that is, you know, we're not paying a quarterback big money anymore. Um, and so we're going to have some more flexibility. Um, and we'll do, you know, we'll always be prudent, but we'll be, we'll be a, as aggressive as we need to be in free agency with players that we think can help us. And it's always, uh, it's always dicey. I think y'all, y'all know this, y'all see this, you're watching the league. Okay. And and with free agency, it's not just about it's the you know it's the fit of the player into the locker room, um, and then you know whatever you're paying that player that he can earn and is worth the amount of money you're paying him. Certainly, an interesting place to be for the Colts, as I said, winning record, rookie quarterback, or I should say, quarterback on a rookie contract, fourteen unrestricted free agents for the Colts. And they're going to have some holes because they're not going to be able to resign everybody. And I think that this is a more of a, a headliner free agency class than we've seen in years past. Mm-hmm. A lot of starters, a lot of yeah. leaders. You talked about Kenny Moore and Julian Blackman and Zach Moss and Gardner Minshew and Grover Stewart and Michael Pittman, Michael Pittman, Rigoberto Sanchez. So the reality is all of those guys can't come back. I mean, the Colts are going to let some really good football players uh, out on the open market and you got to deal with that. But, um, you know, where, where are the Colts right now, JJ, in terms of Chris Ballard's approach to free agency, knowing this team is close? you know, agreeing with what Shane Steichen had to say at his end of the season Mm -hmm. press conference and the Colts being able to win games under Shane Steichen, even though Shane Steichen didn't have a full deck of cards this past year. Right. I think the the most important thing for how the Colts are going to operate this offseason is you have, like you said, Mate, the quarterback on a rookie contract. That if you look around the NFL, the NFL landscape, just that quarterback who you say that's our starter for next year and he's on a rookie contract that is the most valuable asset a team can have yeah whether or not and and that is almost like irregardless of whether the guy's like good or not right (laughs) Right. it's like if you just if you if that guy's gonna daniel jones doesn't matter that that (laughs) means you can operate differently than other teams yeah does that mean the colts are going to get overly aggressive in free agency i don't know yeah chris ballard said we're going to get as aggressive as we need to what does that mean? We'll see. It's not like Chris Ballard's going to come out and be like, guys, we're spending all the cash Watch. in the world. Watch because this. then you know what's going to happen is agents are going to come to him and be like, hey, so my guy, yeah, you're interested in my guy? Okay, price got jacked up 5% because right. that comment you made back in January. Like, he's not going to do that. But th- this is the first time we have seen Chris Ballard operate in a season where he's a quarterback on a rookie contract. And it's also the first time we've seen him operate in a season where he knows who the quarterback is going to be on That's January true. 10th since in uh, what, 2019 20? and then Luck retired and that 
Yeah. Didn't work. Wow. I mean, but that was the last time, just, right? Uh, just as you say that, I mean, I'm, think about you're it. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's you're right because the last time the Colts had the same starter week one in consecutive seasons was 2015, 2016. So you're right. I mean, it's amazing. Think, think about how that affects your roster building. <laughs> Holy the last couple of years, you've gone into this press conference being like, "Yeah, I don't know who it's going to be. Yeah. You know, okay, maybe we'll, maybe we'll go get Philip Rivers. That sounds good. Okay, sure, we'll we'll go trade for yeah. Carson Wentz. Carson okay, Wentz, yeah. I don't know what we're going to do now after Carson Wentz is gone, but uh, okay, turns out we're going to trade for Matt Ryan. Yeah, but you have to then think about there wasn't all the, the whopper this year. Right. To your point, like well, right. there wasn't the all right, like ninety percent of the questions aren't going to be about one right. thing. Honestly, right. it was kind of, it was kind of, kind of a boring press conference. <laughs> which is a good thing. Yeah. Like yeah. You kind of want this to be a boring press conference. But, I mean, think about the money you had to spend to get Phillip Rivers in the building, to get Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan in the building, and the draft capital you had to spend to get Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan in the building. You don't have to do any of that no. right now. You have your full complement of draft picks, and you don't have to go get a quarterback. And, by the way, you don't have to pay a left tackle because you feel pretty good about the guy you got on a rookie contract at that position, too. That's, a, that's another spot that yeah. gets a little pricey. Uh-huh. Ah, well said right there. And that's the thing, Casey, the Colts have, you, you always say when you, when you talk about free agency and guys that hit the open market and Chris talked about it today too, like the, the great elite players at premium positions, they don't, they don't hit the market. They don't get there. All right. So right. you're, you're over, you're already overpaying for, right. you know, B class players, you know, you're paying B class players, a type money. And somebody asked them, you know, how much of your salary cap space is going to be spent on in-house free agents just based on what we know and our hunches and the amount of great players the Colts have up in terms of expiring contracts, I think it's safe to say that a lot of that money is yeah. going to be spent on players that are going to come back that wore this uniform last year. I think I think that and just past precedence. I mean, that that yeah. is one of the things that Chris Ballard has always done. He's rewarded his own. So I would assume that's kind of the route you're going to go. And if you look at it, it's probably it's probably you know warranted I mean the, some of these guys I mean you talk about the year that Julian Blackman had I think it was probably his best year as a pro when he needed to have a really good year I talked about the resurgence we saw Kenny Moore I mean we can't stop talking about the year that Michael Pittman had I mean mm -hmm. the dude was everything for that offense and then you look at the landscape of the NFL and ultimately it was a backup quarterback year I mean there were so many backup quarterbacks and when you look at the guy that was playing here he was probably among the top if not the top backup mm -hmm. that was playing so if you look at just those four guys and I didn't even mention Grover Stewart who he's probably I mean it would make sense for him to be back I mean Chris Ballard talked about wanting to have him back yeah. right there those five guys that probably takes up a good chunk of that cap I yeah. would but we don't know what's going to happen but I would agree I think a majority of it is going to go to those in-house guys the, the other thing to think about here is last offseason Low-key was a bit of a departure. Now the Colts operated in free agency, where they, they committed some dollars to Samson Ebicom and, yeah. and to Matt Gay. Yeah. And they did that not knowing, but probably believing we're going to have a rookie quarterback in here. Yeah. And I think that may be the tip of the iceberg yeah. of what could come. It's not like you're going to they see... Were, they were smart. Right. And yeah, realistic. both those moves worked out pretty well. Yes. Right. I mean, yeah. especially with Ebicom. Goodness, yeah, he, what a he year he great. had. Um that's not to say that you're going to see Chris Ballard go out and give a, you know, six-year, $140 million right. contract to someone in free agency because, again, those guys usually don't hit free agency. Right. But to your point, that was coming off four wins. Right. Now you're coming off nine. Yeah. And you're right there. I mean, and, and there, there are just different ways. I think any assumption you may have about how the Colts are going to operate this offseason, just throw it out the window because <laughs> we don't know. We have no idea. Yeah. Like going back to the point I just made, 
This is the first time we've seen the Colts operate with a quarterback who they know who their week one starter is going to yep. be in a really long time. Yep, good stuff right there. Anything else that we may have missed? Anything else, you know, uh, nugget or news bite-wise that uh, we should hit on before we go I, here? Just some of the stuff that Chris said about Anthony Richardson, and, and he sat where Casey was here uh, during the bye week. He sat down with Lara Overton and I, and, and we chatted about some stuff, and I heard some of the same things that we talked about in that, that episode of the official Colts podcast uh, pop up here in his press conference. But the thing that, if I'm taking a like one-line takeaway that he said is he was like, the thing that sort of stood out about Anthony Richardson, he's a passer. Yeah. And and there was all these, uh, again, assumptions and narratives that this guy's a raw passer because he completed 50% of his passes at Florida. But sure. the Colts, when they, when they drafted him, if you talk to people who are as part of that evaluation, they all would have said he is more accurate than his completion percentage would have told you. Yeah. But just the poise that he had in the pocket, I think that that translated to the NFL – in a really impressive way and then the way that he operated from the pocket like look ultimately you you can be a mobile quarterback but you have to win from the pocket eventually you're gonna it's gonna be third and long and you got to win from the pocket yeah and I think we saw signs from Anthony you Richardson have to make four or five do, throws every right? game I think we saw signs from Anthony that he can do that yeah the, he's got a lot of work to do he's got a lot of consistency that needs to happen but hearing Chris Ballard say that and just you know you you watch some of the throws that he made like that's really encouraging that this guy who is so physically gifted is a quarterback with a capital Q. There you go. Play the position. Capital Q. I'll take a Q. <laughs> Give me a Q. Oh, no help no there. One's, no one's no get, help there. No one's getting a Q. If you're asking for a Q on what wheel of fortune, yeah, you, you, know you the, already you, know the you answer. Know, you know the puzzle, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. it's because you just Pay rolled man the 600 money. or whatever. You know, that's what it is. I want that All right, money. Yeah, wheel of fortune right. game theory. Let's go here. That's how you know it's time to close it out. <laughs> We're getting squirrely here. It's going to be a long but a very exciting offseason for the Indianapolis Colts. And it just started. Again, check out Anthony Richardson and uh, Chris Ballard's press conference in full. Colts.com and the Colts Audio Network. And that'll do it for overtime. We are here when news breaks or when stuff needs to be talked about. We get together and we hash it out. We will be back next Tuesday for the official Colts podcast brought to you by Win Las Vegas. And then, of course, on Fridays, as we said, the offseason home of the Colts radio-wise. That's the last word. And we will do that all offseason long and overtime when necessary. Again, for Casey Valier, J.J. Stangovitz, I'm Matt Taylor. Sherry, thank you on the ones and twos behind the camera on YouTube. Thanks for checking us out, and we will talk to you soon on Overtime here on the Colts Audio Network. So long.